Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Look around and enjoy the Christmas decorations one more Sunday because they're coming. To, I told Sonia it's going to look empty in here once the trees and stuff come down, but we are delighted that you're here to help us close out this year. I hope that you had a great Christmas. Uh, we we kind of delayed the white part of it, the white Christmas, but we got a little bit, enough, more than enough. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want any more of that. Uh, there's only one good thing about cold weather. And that happens to be a deer stand. But other than that, uh, um, uh, just just telling you how I feel. But we uh, we are praying and trusting that you had a great Christmas, that you got to spend time with your loved ones, and that uh, it was a blessed time, and that you're going to have a great New Year's. It's going to be a great New Year's, and we're just looking forward to that. Amen. Well, we've been uh, on this journey since Thanksgiving. I I did it this way on purpose. Uh, we are commanded to be thankful. It seems to me that we tend to be more thankful when we're reminded by holidays, but the truth is is that we ought to be thankful all the time. God is worthy. Amen. Uh, I've tried to teach you over the years that uh, profound praise is birthed out of profound pain, and uh, some of you have experienced that this year, but that should not impact your praise. It should just deepen your praise as you realize that he's got it all under control. And so because life is difficult and not everything turns out the way you thought it would, anybody want to testify? Uh, I'm afraid to give you the mic. We might be here all day. Uh, Sometimes life just doesn't turn out like you thought. Well, David says to us that we need to take control of our own soul and remind ourselves to be thankful that even when we're going through it, we can still be thankful. And so we've been trying to remind ourselves of the benefits because David says, and I'll read it to you here in just a moment, that God loads our lives with daily benefits. There are benefits to being in relationship with the Lord. Just like there's benefits for you to go to work every day, there are benefits that you obtain in your life as you establish and maintain a relationship with with Jesus. And so we've been saying it like this, I'm loaded. See, y'all be careful now, y'all. Some of y'all, I know some of y'all got some past, and so it means something different to you, but this is a different kind of loaded. uh, And some of y'all are carrying right now, so loaded means something different to you too. But we've been saying, we've been bragging a little bit. Don't hate me. Don't get angry at me. Don't get jealous when you look at my life and you realize that I'm loaded. God has loaded my life with benefits I don't even deserve. I don't even deserve. I, 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 I'm, he's better to me than I can be to myself. Amen. Some of y'all try to be really good to yourself, but God even outdoes that. He loads us. So, so we've been trying to get a little swag on, a little attitude on, uh, a, a little, a little. Uh, you know, we're not supposed to be too proud and all that, but just for a moment, would you just brag to your neighbor, regardless of what you went through this week, would you just kind of touch your neighbor and say, I, I dare you, just ask me, just ask me if I'm loaded, because I'm going to brag just a little bit, I am loaded, I'm not talking about your Christmas gifts, I'm loaded, come on, tell them, brag just a little bit, I'm loaded, I'm, I'm loaded, I'm loaded, I'm loaded. So here it is, the list of benefits David lists out for us. It's found in Psalm chapter 103, verses 1 through 5. I am praying that this little passage of Scripture will penetrate your spirit 
and that over the course of 2015, you will daily remind yourself of these benefits. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Here He goes. He begins to list them. Who forgives all your sins. He starts off at the highest level. And He heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. And He crowns you with love and compassion. And then He ends it like this. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. David, uh, trying to teach us and to teach his own sons, I believe was really what he was trying to accomplish most, was he was trying to teach his family, but he teaches us that these benefits are real and they're substantial. And so he starts off the list. He doesn't start off the list like we do. We like to build to a crescendo. David starts at the crescendo. He says he forgives us of all of our sins. That was benefit number one. That's good news for all of us. I don't know how long you've been saved. Doesn't really matter. Some of y'all been so saved for so long, you've forgotten what it was like to be unsaved, which is a dangerous place to get because then you think you've always been as good as you are right now. And the truth is, is you're not all that in a bag of chips. You were once lost without hope and Jesus came and rescued you and provided forgiveness it is the greatest gift it is the greatest benefit and if he did nothing else he's still worthy of praise because of that one benefit right there but he doesn't stop there not only does he deal with the spiritual fallout of sin then he moves over and deals with the physical fallout of sin and says not only does he forgives forgive us he heals our bodies so we have this hope that by his stripes we are healed so that we recognize he cares so much about me that not only did he want me to live with my soul right, he wants me to live with my body right as well. So that's another benefit. Then he says this, he recognized you're going to make mistakes. Either you're going to make them or somebody's going to make them for you. And you're going to find your life confined by a pit. And he says, not only does he forgive you and not only does he heal you, he has this ability to redeem your life from the pit, to restore you back to just like original. Some of y'all have been ridden hard and put up wet. That's an old western, y'all don't even know. Y'all have gone through it and you feel like you're never going to get back to where you were or back to what you lost. But David says, look, he has this ability. One of the benefits is he can take everything you've been through and he can do a, a start over, a do over, a brand new day in your life where he restores your life, redeems your life from the pit. And then last week, Pastor Woody preached to you uh, about the fact that he crowns us with love and compassion. Another version says, loving kindness and tender mercy so not only does his do his benefits impact our our spiritual condition and our physical condition and our mistakes he says this it ought to impact your attitude we are to be crowned, signified, marked, identifiable by the fact that our life is marked by this loving kindness and compassion. I'm, I, I, I got to be kind and compassionate because I didn't deserve his kindness and compassion. But he loved me so much that he was kind to me. And so now when people run into me, rather than sharing my opinion, I share the one. The one who saved me. Now rather than sharing my attitude because I'm just like that and I just was born that way. No, his goodness overrides all of that and we're crowned. It, it, it rests on us. Loving kindness and mercy. And then finally he comes here and he says, he, he wraps it all, all up and he says, that God loads our life 
with satisfaction. Now, let, let me say some things. I need to just say this so you get it. He loads our life with satisfaction. Here's the part I want you to get, which is a huge benefit. Okay, let, let's see if I can help you. How many people do you know that are truly satisfied? Come on now. Be honest. How many people do you know that are truly, genuinely satisfied with their life? Do I need to get personal? How many of you? Okay, I knew I was getting too personal. See, see more, let me ask it like this. More specifically, how many believers do you know who are truly, genuinely satisfied in life? See, if you're like me, then what you've discovered is that most of us, including most believers, what we've done is we have based our level of satisfaction on the standard or the grade card of the American dream. We, it is abundantly clear to me that most of us don't understand the origin of true and genuine satisfaction. What we do is we watch TV, and TV, I'm not against TV, I like TV, but what happens is, is we watch TV and they preach to us. You do know they're preaching to you, right? They preach to you that if you can just get, then you will be satisfied. It's, they, they don't take into account that you already have a model of, but now you need a new model of, be, and that will satisfy you. And so we base our level of satisfaction on that grade card, and we don't understand or recognize the origin of satisfaction. Let me, let me see if I can help you this morning. I want you to notice exactly what David says, and I want you to notice the order in which he says it. Okay, here we go. you got to back up a little bit. Because he, he makes this list, and he says, praise the Lord. So we, we, we recognize from verse 1, who's he talking about? The Lord. Y'all look asleep this morning. Y'all drank too much eggnog. Talk to me. Who's he talking about? The Lord. Okay, just want to make sure y'all scare me a little bit. Uh, praise the Lord. So, okay, right? We know he's talking about the Lord, right? Okay. Y'all are slow, but you're worth waiting on. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> Praise the Lord, and then he finishes it, take out all the other benefits, and jump to the last one. Here he says this, he says, who, so he's talking, who points to the Lord, okay, uh, who will satisfy our desires with good things? So he makes it very clear that the origin of being satisfied is not things, it stems directly from and only from the Lord. Okay, here's our problem. We like to quote verses of Scripture like, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness, and He will add all these things. Okay, we like to quote that, but we get it flipped. We get it twisted. And what we want to quote, or how we want to live, is we want to seek things first, and then we want to add God. And what David is saying is that you've got to be clear in understanding the order of things and understand that true and genuine satisfaction only comes from God above. And all the things are secondary, but your satisfaction must come from Him. That is important for us to understand this morning because what we try to do is we try to find satisfaction in good things. And so what we do is we misplace and misassign expectations. I'm getting ready. We're going to do like seven sessions of marriage counseling right now for you. 
Seven, seven sessions of parent counseling right here. Seventeen sessions of dating counseling right here. Seven, seven hundred sessions of work counseling right here. Here we go, here we go. If you're not careful, you will assign expectations of satisfaction to things that cannot produce satisfaction. Okay, so if we expect our spouse to bring satisfaction, they will squeeze the toothpaste from the wrong end of the tube and they will leave the lid up and you will be unsatisfied. Okay? We assign expectations to, man, if I could just find the right man. Well, how many, never mind. If I could just find the right woman. If I could just get the right car, the right house, if I could just have this one experience, if I could just get this one object, if I could just land this job, then that will produce and bring to me satisfaction. But we will continually be disappointed because we have appointed the satisfaction to the wrong place. Only God truly satisfies you. All you've got to do to recognize that is try everything else. Some of us have tried everything else and we've come to this conclusion, nothing else satisfies. Best girlfriend, best boyfriend, best spouse, best car, best house, best clothes, best job, best boss, best dog, best cat. Never mind, no such thing. Uh, and we recognize, we recognize quickly that it does not satisfy. Never does. It always leaves us wanting more. Here's the truth that David tries to teach us. God can use things to increase satisfaction. But satisfaction, the origin of satisfaction, only comes and is generated in God and God alone. Satisfied people are satisfied in spite of the condition of their car. So we don't know very many people like this. If you can count five people that are really like this, then you're, you're I believe you're probably above average. Because I struggle finding people. Like, they're, in, they're satisfied. Their car could not start all week long, and they're still satisfied. They don't like it. They don't go in the dark so that, oh, thank you, Jesus, my car doesn't start. Forget that. I mean, they're real. They don't like it, but they're still satisfied. Okay. They're satisfied in spite of their relationship status. They're satisfied in every condition. Do you remember how Paul put it in his letter to Philippians? Because, see, I, what I recognize is we love to quote Paul in Philippians. Y'all know where I'm going. Philippians 4, 13. You see it in every yearbook. You see it on all the athletes' gloves. Y'all quote it. You want to? I can do all things through Christ who strength. Okay, we like to quote that. We take it out of context. We just pick and choose. I like that one because it, it speaks. I can do mighty exploits. Everything I try to do. But we don't even realize what he's talking about. Go, okay, I'm going to help you here. Philippians 4, verse 11 and 12 and 13. Let's get it in context to what he's talking about. Because what he says is this. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things. See? We want to cherry pick. I like to do all things. And in reality, what Paul is saying is he recognizes that one of the most significant battles we will have in life is trying to learn to be satisfied. So he says, in context, you can do this. In fact, one version says, that last verse is, I can do all this. What's this? Be content. Be satisfied, be hungry, be full, be wanting, have abundance, have so much I don't know what to do with, have nothing. In all of this, I can do all things. That's the context. He's saying that we can be in such relationship with the Father and with His Son Jesus that we come to this place that we learn to be satisfied. So, here we go. On a scale from 1 to 10, Y'all thought school was out. Thought you were on a break. Here's your test this morning. On a scale from 1 to 10, how satisfied are you? Got one honest guy in the house. Well, you're not going to like my next statement then. (laughs) You already gave us the answer. Because what that scale does, where you fall on that scale, reveals your relationship status or condition with God. Because if you were where you need to be in relationship to the Father, then you go, you know what? My car doesn't run. And my spouse is acting crazy. And my kids have disappointed. And my job is not what I wanted it to be. But my satisfaction level is secure. Because my satisfaction is not based on any of that. It's based on Him. How do you score? Because if you are constantly dissatisfied, then what that means is you have allowed other things to become the determining factor by which your satisfaction level is determined. So if you base your satisfaction on a certain level of money, what happens if you don't get it? What if you do? What happens if your satisfaction is based on obtaining certain status in in the community? What if you get it and lose it? What if you never obtain it? What happens if you base your satisfaction on your marital status and and what happens if you don't find them? Or what if you do find them and it's not as easy as you thought it was going to be? Only, let's, let's end the year right. Let me say it like this, end this year. Only God satisfies we need to we need to secure that truth in our heart and understand that if if this year was the worst year of your life that shouldn't determine your satisfaction level and if next year is the best year of your life it shouldn't determine your satisfaction level I want us to make sure that what we do is we judge this new year our, our level of satisfaction on God. No other attachment, no other condition, no other status, no other scale, no other outside cause. I want us to secure the fact that our satisfaction comes from Him. In fact, really what I want us to do, and this is old school and I understand it, but what I really, really want us to do
is I want us to come back to that old hymn. I just need to tell you, just so you all know, I want this one sung at my funeral. Because this speaks to satisfaction. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to Sing that little refrain again. Then to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd goes on and he said, I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungry spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead. So here's the question. What would you rather have? That's what determines how satisfied you really are. If you have Jesus and you are continually unsatisfied, how do we know? We see it on your Facebook. Then you have assigned your satisfaction to something or someone other than God. And you will continue 
to be unsatisfied. Finally, let me just remind you of a passage that connects to this passage. David says that the satisfaction that God brings can renew our strength like eagles. That sounds like that off-quoted passage from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. May I point out to you this morning that we are loaded with satisfaction but that satisfaction and the strength of that satisfaction that comes from God genuinely generally requires waiting. So just being able to rattle off cliches like good things come to those that wait. Anything good is worth waiting on. It's worth the wait. I'm glad you can quote that stuff, but until you actually embrace that and begin to operate from that truth, may I just tell you what happens? We grow impatient. And we take matters into our own hands. And we wind up in situations we were never intended to face. And then we grow dissatisfied. And when we grow dissatisfied, we grow weak. So what we need to do this morning as we, some of us dance into the new year and some of us plod into a new year, is we need to reassign our satisfaction to our relationship with God and we need to wait on His timing. So let me say it like this. In other words, and I I said it like this on purpose, Check the spelling so you don't get mad at me right after everything you ate at Christmas. We reveal how loaded with satisfaction we are by how loaded we are with weight. And for many of us, we won't wait on God or nobody. And we end up dissatisfied and weak. And so this morning, my challenge is this to you. We are loaded. We are loaded with salvation and forgiveness. We are loaded with healing. We are loaded with redemption. We are loaded with this crown of compassion and mercy and love. But we are also promised life and life more abundantly. Therefore, we can say and learn to live this way. Because God gives us the strength to do all of this. We can learn to live loaded with satisfaction. And so I just want to end this year by praying over you and asking God to make you the most satisfied people in the world. So let's pray. Father, this morning my prayer over our friends here, our family here. We are family. We're part of one body. For everybody that's here, everybody that's connected to this body, Father, I pray that in every area of life, in job, in material possession, in relationships, in our pursuit of the American dream, my prayer is simply over us this year that you would help us to be incredibly satisfied. God, I didn't ask for everything to go perfect and I didn't ask for everything to be cakewalk and roses. 
I recognize that going into this new year, some of us will face some extremely difficult choices, decisions, obstacles, opportunities, barriers. And some of us at the same time will experience the greatest moments of life. But I pray this morning we would check our satisfaction assignment and we would look at the scale of our heart and realize that no person, no thing can generate satisfaction. Only you. Only you. Only you. And so, Father, this morning I pray that we would reassign, that we would place our pursuit of satisfaction back on the one that never never lets us down and never dissatisfies us never never leaves us or forsakes us you never leave us empty and so God this morning I pray over my friends and family here these folks that we call passion folks that we strive to do life with God I pray this morning that we would go into 2015 as the most satisfied people in the world and the moment that we become dissatisfied I pray that it would we uh, something would trigger we would be reminded that unless you've changed unless you've come up short then we have no excuse for being dissatisfied regardless of what we see regardless of what we feel, regardless of what we're going through. You have given us the strength to do all of this, to learn to be content. Help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, would you look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm satisfied. Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. And now one more time, would you just brag just a little bit? Say, man, I'm so loaded. I'm so loaded. I could loan you something. I'm so loaded. Come on, tell him. God bless you. Have a great New Year's. We love you very much. Are you loaded this morning? I'm ready to go in. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.